okay? Psalm 37 is uh, where we're at. So let me read that. We're going to read the first 11 verses, and then we're going to get going here. Fret not yourself because of evildoers. Be not envious of wrongdoers. For they will soon fade like the grass and wither like the green herb. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and befriend faithfulness. Delight yourself in the Lord, and He will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in Him, and He will act. He will bring forth your righteousness as the light and your justice as the noonday. Be still before the Lord. Wait patiently for Him. Fret not yourself over the one who prospers in his way, over the man who carries out evil devices. Refrain from anger. Forsake wrath. Fret not yourself. It tends only to evil. For the evildoers shall be cut off. But those who wait for the Lord shall inherit the land. In just a little while, the wicked will be no more. Though you look carefully at his place, he will not be there. But the meek shall inherit the land and delight themselves in abundant peace. Father, we thank you for this psalm and we ask for your help. We ask for the Holy Spirit's illumination and revelation and guidance as we work through the psalm. I I pray that you would help us to understand it rightly and um, Father, give us faith to use it to, um, God, just to trust you in the, in the injustices and the unfairness and the, the struggles of life. Father, we pray that you would speak today loudly. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, when I read verse 11, but the meek shall inherit the land and delight themselves in abundant peace. I wondered, did you pick up? that Jesus quotes this verse in the New Testament, right? So as you're going through your Beatitudes, yeah, you know what I'm talking about? You know, blessed are those who hunger and thirst and rise. Okay, one of those is, blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Okay, so Jesus is quoting Psalm 37 there. Now, the reason I bring that up is to kind of hang with our blessed theme, okay? So as we've been going through the Psalms, Psalm 1 talked about how, how, how do you live a blessed life? How do you live a happy life? How do you live a joyful life? Well, it talked about, you know, what kind of people you stay away from, what kind of people you center yourselves in, and delighting yourself in the word of the Lord, right? Psalm 32, last week, what's a blessed person? What's the characteristic of his life? Well, he's a forgiven man. You know, he's one who, the Lord has covered his iniquities. We talk about you can't ever be habitually happy in sin. Sin brings misery, okay? So we have this blessed theme going on. And so in this passage, Jesus quotes Psalm 37, says, Blessed are the meek, they shall inherit the earth. Okay, now when we go into the verse he's quoting, verse 11, it says, Blessed, uh, but the, I'm sorry, but it says, But the meek shall inherit the land. And then an even cooler phrase is the end of it. And delight themselves in abundant peace. Okay, the meek shall inherit the land and delight themselves in abundant peace. Now that last part of that phrase, delight themselves, so you're going to enjoy this abundant peace. Now, in the, in the English, it's really hard to get the full measure of that. So let me open up my phone. I could not figure out how to do this this morning except take a picture of it. Um, if Ant, I'm really good with technology as long as Andrew is standing beside me. But if he's not there, I'm not. And so anyway, I, I took a picture of my, my computer screen that has all my Hebrew dictionaries. Okay, so I looked up this word peace. It's famous. Shalom. Okay, you've probably heard of that, right? So that every Jewish person, when they greet each other, they say shalom. It's even carried over into other countries. When I was in Romania, if you're a Christian and you're coming to church, if you greet another Christian, you say pace, which is peace, okay? It's this word. Now, let me give you the Hebrew definitions. I've got like seven dictionaries here of this word peace, okay? Are you ready? Here we go. 
Peace, prosperity, success, welfare, state of health, um, deliverance, salvation, completeness, soundness, welfare, peace, whole entire health, sound and full number, secure, tranquil, those who seek peace, uh, being whole, intact, prosperity, peace, ease, unaffectedness, prosperity, success, intactness, peace, completeness, safeness, health, satisfaction, prosperity, success, intactness, welfare, state of health, peace, deliverance, salvation. Okay, now, when I read those, you know what I say? Y'all yeah, take some of that. I want all that for Christmas, right? We just bundle that up, and I, I, I mean, that's a good word. Do you see what I'm saying? So when he says, you know, the meek shall inherit the land and delight themselves in abundant peace, man, that makes me want to want to say, I want some of that, okay? I, I God, God, I want that. I, I, I want what you're saying there, okay? And so that makes me ask this question, what does it mean to be meek? What does it mean to be meek? Because he says, the meek shall inherit the land. Okay, Jesus quotes it, the meek shall inherit the earth. So basically you get it all. And then he says, they're going to delight themselves in abundant peace. What does that mean? What does it mean to be meek? Well, first of all, to understand what it means to be meek, this is the bad part of the sermon. You got to have a little opposition. You got to have a little uh, trials, struggles, difficulty, hardship, enemies, attack. Okay, and the reason I say that is because meek is a response. Okay. So, so meek is, is, is responding. It, it's one of those words that describes a response to something else, okay? So those things are going to come, right? Um, attack, injustice, opposition, all those things are going to come. And so meekness is a certain type of response to those things in our life, okay? I wonder, and I ask this rhetorically because I know there is. I'm looking at some of you. I wonder, do we have some justice people in the crowd today? I, yes, we do. Crystal's raising her hand. I knew that she was one of those. Okay, My wife, if she were here, my wife pegs out strong on the justice side of things. My oldest daughter, Hannah, same way. You know, just strong justice people. Okay, here's the thing about justice people. Justice people feel very deeply when things are not fair. Okay? So when things are not fair, they feel that very deeply. Okay, so anybody, anytime there's, there's cheaters who prosper, or when the refs cost you the game, or when the crooked businessman gets the deal, you absolutely can't stand it, right? Like it, it eats at you, right? Like you feel like that your intestines are getting chewed up and, and little bits of them are coming up in your throat, you know? I mean, it just, it just tears you up on the inside. When someone gets the credit that you deserved or snags the promotion or by deception or slander, when the immoral man or the debaucherous woman succeeds in spite of their wickedness, it bothers us because we realize the world's not supposed to be that way, right? Like, like cheaters aren't supposed to prosper and the people that don't do good are not, are, you know, I mean, there, there's that something in all of us. You know, this even happens, if you happen to be married to a justice person, you know, you got to work that out in, in marriage, right? Because, you know, the justice person is always like, hey, I took the trash out twice. You took it out once, you know, this is not right, you know, I'm getting upset. I mean, there, there, there's not an equity here, Right. Okay, now, especially, justice people are especially bothered when the righteous suffer. Okay, so when the kid who does all the right things loses, while the kid who does all the wrong things wins, or the employee who follows all the rules is overlooked, and the employee who breaks all the rules climbs higher and higher in the company, how do you handle that kind of injustice? How do you handle when the world's not right? Like, things are not fair. And in fact, a lot of times what we want to say is, okay, God, 
you're not doing your job, right? There's a lot of times here at the end of the year, you know, everybody goes through their performance review. Yeah, there's a lot of times when, 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 when we want to give God a little performance review, hold on, God, you're not doing things rightly in these areas. These, these areas need to be corrected, okay? Now, especially... And not, not only with people, but even with circumstances, okay? So it doesn't have to be attacks on people. Sometimes it can be trials and hardships and famine and pestilence and sickness and problems that seem to come more than your share, right? Now, we all, we all realize that we ought to have some trials. Nobody's going to escape that. But you know, you know what we struggle with? What about when I keep having all of them and my neighbor doesn't have any of them, you know? Well, what, what, what happens when you're... You, you, you guys, your family has had the stomach flu five times since October, you know, and your neighbor, they have the same amount of kids and they've not had it at all, you know, and a person begins to, you know, as the kids start throwing up again, you, you, have you ever said this? Why me? Anybody ever say that? Anybody ever say, why me? Why us? You know, why, why not the neighbor makes you want to go lick their doorknob, you know, and, hey, have some of this too. Why, why does it always have to be me? You know, that, that feeling inside of us, that, that's what we're talking about. We're talking about this injustice, right? The farmer who, who has the keg parties every weekend and, and lives a debaucherous, immoral life, and, and yet he's got a bumper crop. While the, the farmer who spends his mornings discipling men and gives all of his increase to the gospel and the poverty around the world, he gets all hailed out. And when we start to say, God, what's going on? This is, this is not right. Now, how do you respond to those type of situations? How do you respond to injustice? How do you respond to things that are not fair? How do you respond when you seem to get more than your share of trouble and struggle and trial and you, and you want to say the why me? How do you respond? Well, let me tell you how not to respond. Okay, so let's look first of all, what is not meek? Okay, what is not meek is, first of all, this, this, this little word fret, F-R-E-T. Okay, do you see it? Put it up there. There we go. Okay, verse 1. Fret not yourself because of evildoers. Okay, now, now go down to, um, where is it? 7. Be still before the Lord. Wait patiently for him. Fret not yourself over the one who prospers in his way. Now go to verse 8. Refrain from anger, forsake wrath. Fret not yourself. It tends only to evil. Okay, three times in eight verses, it tells us don't fret. Okay, now. Let, let, let me tell you what that word means. So I looked, again, I looked it up in the Hebrew Dictionary. This, this, this psalm's got some really colorful words. So it's kind of cool, cool to look them up, okay? This word, literally, here's the definition. To become hot, angry, get excited, kindle. Fretting is, is when you get all bound up on the inside over something. I call this the internal volcano, okay? That, that, that's what he's talking about here, all right? So this is when something happens, there's an injustice, things are not fair, things, things, you got more than your share, and, and what happens inside of us, we begin to fret in the sense that we become hot, we become angry, we, we, we get all bound up on the inside. Okay, now, here, here's what Psalm 37 is telling you. There is no redeeming value in burning up on the inside over injustices, Okay? Now, I know, I know what you're going to tell yourself. You're going to say, yes, but it makes me feel so much better, you know. It really doesn't, actually. It doesn't. And you know what you have to do? You know, here, here's another characteristic of, of sinful people. So, so you feel all hot, right? you got the volcano going up inside of you, and this injustice, this is not fair, this is what was done to me, okay? And you know what you have to do? 
you've got to get other people to feel the same way, right? Which leads to more sin. We end up slandering, we end up, you know, gossiping, we end up, we end up doing other things to try to get other people to feel this, this volcano inside of us. Now, why should we not fret, okay? Gives us a couple reasons here, okay? So number one, it says, fret not yourself because of evildoers. Be not envious of wrongdoers. Verse two, for they will soon fade like the grass and wither like the green herb. Again, it's a constant through this theme. If you go down to verse um, uh, 12 and 13, the wicked plots against the righteous, gnashes his teeth at him, but the Lord laughs at the wicked for he sees his day is coming. Okay, now, now, now one of the things that the psalm is going to tell us is th- th- this, this, this volcano inside of you should not be erupting because number one, what you're getting all upset about is always temporary. Notice I said that very intentionally. It's always temporary. Okay, so the injustices of this life are always temporary. Let me tell you how silly this would be. What, what if you went to one of the Boomer basketball games? You know, you're going to be a fan. and So you go to the Boomer basketball game, and you, you, you get your, your popcorn and your drink, and they're all warming up, and, and uh, you're getting ready to watch basketball, and they go for the tip-off, and the other team gets the ball, and they run down, and they shoot a three-pointer, and you're like, well, that's it. Let's go, you know, and you leave, you know, and, and you, you, you leave the game. You're like, well, that was terrible, you know. I can't believe we paid five bucks to get in there, you know. It was a terrible game. Well, here's what you're not realizing. The game's not over, Right? It's not, it's not near over, right? I mean, you should not make a decision upon things as they are when they are not over and it's temporary, okay? In fact, let me, let me just tell you this about sports. Here's an interesting thing about sports. Do you know what a great game is? A great game is not the one where you started out ahead and you stayed ahead the whole time and you were 50 points ahead at the end. You know what, you know what people do in those games? They leave, don't they, Right? Right at the beginning of the fourth quarter, you're like, "Hey, you guys, ready? Let's go. Let's go. Let's get out of here before the parking, you know, gets crazy. Let's get. Let's go get ice cream. Let's go. Let's go somewhere. You're not even interested in it. Now, the game where you're behind by 30 points at half, and then you come back out, and by some miracle and 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 and, and great insight by the coach, you you begin to score and 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 score, and score, and score until at the, the very last buzzer beater, you sink the three that wins the game. That's the game that everybody's talking about. Hey, let me tell you. God already tells you that's how this deal is going to end. All right? And so, so there's this temporary nature. And so one of the things that we need to understand when, when we get all, all upset on the inside is that the Bible continually talks about whatever you're enduring, whatever injustice, whatever why me, whatever unfairness is always light and temporary in the scope of eternity. Let me, let me give you some verses. 2 Corinthians 4, uh, 16 and 17. We do not lose heart, though our outer nature is wasting away, our inner nature is being renewed day by day. Verse 17. For this slight momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal way to glory beyond all comparison. Did, did you notice that? Momentary. This slight momentary affliction. Let me give you another one. 1 Peter 1, 6 and 7. 1 Peter 1, 6 and 7. In this you rejoice, though now for a little while. If necessary, you've been grieved by various trials. Here's the thing I want to show you from this. I just think it's super healthy to talk like the Bible talks. And so whenever you talk about trial, whenever you talk about unfairness, whenever you talk about injustice, you always ought to talk about it in the scope of it's temporary. It's it's not not, going to end up this way. All right, I got to read Job 20 just because it's fun. All right, so it's, it's right in line with this, but it's a fun verse, okay? So, so uh, it's talking about the wicked. Uh, it says, do you not know this from of old? This is Job 24. Uh, Since man was placed on the earth, that the exalting of the wicked is short and the joy of the godless, but for a moment, though his height mount up to the heavens. 
and his head reached to the clouds. That's pretty high. Verse 7, he will perish forever like his own dung. Those who have seen him will say, where is he? Job's saying, it doesn't matter how high somebody looks who's living in wickedness. It doesn't matter how, 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 how thoroughly the wicked seem to have won the battle. It will not stay that way. All right, so all of that is temporary. There's a day coming in which God will bring justice. And so a lot of this is a perspective thing. Verse 12 and 13, the wicked plots against the righteous and gnashes his teeth at him. For the Lord laughs at the wicked, for he sees that his day is coming. The day is the judgment day. All right, now, now we're going to pull over to Psalm 73. Okay, so this is my, if I don't get to preach on this, this is, this is the opportunity I have, all right? So Psalm 73. Um, if you want to turn there in your Bibles, you can. It's a really cool psalm. You're going to like it, okay? It's this guy's testimony, okay? So Psalm 73, 3 is where I'm going to start. For I was envious of the arrogant when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. All right, so here's a guy who looks around. He's trying to live for God. He's trying to do righteous. He looks around. And there's all these wicked people that are having the time of their lives, all right? Uh, verse 4, they have no pangs until death, okay? So their life is easy. There's no pain. There's no difficulty. There's no hardship until they die. I like this phrase. This can make a lot of us feel better. Okay, are you ready? Their bodies are fat and sleek. Okay, that's a good thing, all right? Now, in our culture, that's not necessarily a compliment. But it was in Bible days, all right? But so you probably shouldn't go home and say, man, honey, you're fat and sleek. Okay, so that, you say, it's a compliment in the Bible, all right? But it won't work. Um, their bodies are, and what, what that's saying is, man, they're prosperous. They're prosperous. Verse 5, they're not in trouble as others are. They're not stricken like the rest of mankind, like the rest of us. Their pride is their necklace. Violence covers them as a garment. Verse 7, their eyes swell out through fatness, and their heart overflows with follies. Both those are are just saying, man, they've got it all. They've got so much, their eyes are bulging out because they're so full. their, Their heart is full of follies. Follies are like fun times. They scoff and speak with malice. Loftily they threaten oppression. They set their mouths against the heavens and their tongues strut throughout the earth. Therefore, his people turn back from them. They find no fault in them. They say, how can God know? Is there no knowledge of the Most High? They, they scoff at God. They don't have anything to do with God. They don't care about God. Verse 12, behold, these are the wicked, always at ease. They increase in riches. And then he starts talking about himself. He starts looking around and saying, man, I think, I think I've, I'm the dumb one here. Verse 13, all in vain. Have I kept my heart clean and washed my hands in innocence? For all day long I've been stricken and rebuked every morning. I've said I will speak thus. I would often betray the generation of your children. But when I thought I'd understand this, it seemed to me to be a wearisome task. And he's struggling until, if you're an underliner, I got verse 17 underlined because this is the transition, okay? Until I went to the sanctuary of God and then I discerned their end. Now everything changes. Get a new perspective. Truly, you set them in slippery places. You make them fall to ruin. How they're destroyed in a moment, swept away like utterly by terrors. Like a dream when one awakes. O Lord, you rouse yourself. You despise them as phantoms. When my soul was embittered, when I was pricked in heart, I was brutish and ignorant. I was like a beast toward you. He's saying, I'm sorry, God. I'm sorry. Oh, man, I really got it wrong. I shouldn't have been envying him. I shouldn't have felt that way. I shouldn't have thought that, that, that righteousness was in vain. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. That's what he's saying in 21 and 22. Verse 23, nevertheless, here's what he has in Christ, in God. I'm continually with you. You hold my right hand. You guide me with your counsel. Afterward, you receive me to glory. And then verse 25 and 26, some of the best verses in the Bible. Whom have I in heaven but you? 
There's nothing on earth that I desire besides you. My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. What's he see there? He sees that whatever reward, whatever success, whatever prosperity there is in wickedness is short-lived. It will not last. Man, what a great truth. What a great truth. You know, that will, that will help you choose righteously is to understand that there is no long-term happiness in sin. Remember last week, Psalm 32? Listen, if, you, if you're lost, if you're not connected to Jesus, if you don't have forgiveness, then you can be happy right into hell. But if you're a believer, okay, I'm talking to believers, you cannot ever find happiness in sin. It, it just it won't happen. You can't do it. You can't stay there. Right? There will always be misery. And that's why understanding the temporariness of any kind of reward for wickedness or sin will help you choose right. It helped Moses, by the way. Hebrews eleven twenty four and 25. By faith, Moses, when he was grown, refused to be called the, Pharaoh, the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Man, how, how could you do that? I mean, what kind of guy says uh, millions of dollars of inheritance? Uh, no thanks, I don't want it. What kind of guy says... A palace of my own? Nah, no, 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 no. I don't want it. Nope, don't want it. You keep it. What kind of guy says unlimited power to do literally whatever I want? No, 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 I don't want it. What kind of guy does that? Well, verse 25. Choosing rather to be mistreated with the people of God than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. I love that little phrase, fleeting pleasures of sin. What, what did Moses understand? What Moses understood was that any pleasure, any reward, any success that comes from unrighteousness is fleeting. It flies away. All right, so what, what, what have we learned so far? What does it mean to be meek? Well, it means that you respond to your injustices, your trials, your struggles, not by fretting. Okay, so you don't fret. You don't boil on the inside. You don't, you don't boil over, number one, because all that is temporary. And number two, because... Fretting will not end well for you. Look at verse 8. Refrain from anger, forsake wrath, fret not yourself. And then this little phrase here. It tends only to evil. Man, that's a great verse to memorize, by the way. Okay? You're getting all upset. You're getting all riled up over some injustice. Guess what? It will not end well. Okay, that, that The trajectory of that, you know what that's going to? That's going to end in your own sin. It's going to end in evil. That's what he's saying. That's going to end in misery for you. I, I think. I think I can make this statement pretty confidently. Everybody struggles with different things at different levels, right? Right. So if you have hardly struggle with that at all, really struggle with that, right? We all we all have a different scale, right? So whether it's anxiety or lust or greed or laziness or self pity, we're all kind of one way or direction on the other, right? Okay. This particular thing, like handling the injustices of life, handling like people attacking, handling wrong things, I, I think I'm, I'm, I'm at least left a sinner on this one. Like I, I, I handle that pretty well. Um, I really think I can be chewed out and be gracious probably better than most people. I think I'm pretty good at that, you know? Everybody's got their skill. Just try, come chew me out afterward. And I'll, I'll, I think I'll take it well, you know? I, I can do that pretty good. Um, I've got some funny stories about being chewed out and, you know, being gracious. And, and really, like, not, not faking it, but like, hey, I love you. Thanks for calling. Those are, those are neat names. Appreciate it, you know. Um, learn some new stuff. Good. You know, I mean, I, I can take that pretty well. Um, 
most time I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't hold grudges. I don't, I, I think I'm pretty good at that. I, not perfect, but pretty good. In the last month though, I had something happen. And man, this, this deal was so heinous. Um, and, and the situation was so wrong. It was one of those that there's no gray here. Like this was, this was a really nasty deal. And, and in fact, so much so that I didn't even tell my friends because because I, I, I didn't want other people to have to carry that as well. Does that make sense? And, and so I'm, I'm processing through that. And we were driving, and, and I found myself, I was talking to my wife, and I said, you know, I, I, I'm not going to let this go. You know, I, I mean, I, this has got to be confronted. This, this deal is bad enough that I, I need to confront this. And so I'm, I'm working through my mind on how I'm going to do that, you know. And, and, and I'm, I'm, I got a little volcano going. You know, I got the, I got the fret going. I, like, I, like, I was visibly upset over this deal. And, and so I'm working this out, and, like, I, I'm, I'm thinking about, okay, I, I know the circles in which he travels, and so I'm, I'm picking a spot where I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show up, and I'm, I'm, we're gonna, I'm going to confront this deal. You know, I'm even working through how's this going to work out, you know? He's not very big, and I think I can take him. So, you know, if it goes badly, my, I have, my shoulder is still a little injured from that bike wreck, but I, I, think, I'm, I think I'm good, you know? And so I'm working out. I'm thinking, does, does he, I wonder if he's a concealed carry guy, you know? I mean, I'm, just, I'm trying to work out all the, all the details of how this is, this is going to handle, you know? And, and, I, and really, my, my intention is just, man, this has got to be confronted, you know? But I don't know how it's going to work. I, I really don't know the guy very well. And so I don't know how that's going to happen. And, and then, then I, started, I started thinking biblically. And I started thinking, all right, Jason, here, here's my question to myself. Where will this end? Where will this end? What will this, that, see, that's what verse 8 is telling you. Verse 8 is saying, refrain from anger, forsake wrath, fret not yourself. It, where's it going to end? It tends only to evil. Does that make sense? And, and man, I got a little clarity kind of rush over me. And I started thinking about this. I started thinking about all that I could lose if I sinned. You know? I, I, I can say this certainly. I'm in the right now. But, but what, if, what if in confronting this, I go in the wrong? What if because I'm boiling over in the inside, I, I go wrong? And, and I probably would have. What, what, would that, what would be the consequences of that? I thought about this public confrontation. I thought about the community. I thought about um, I thought about all kinds of things. I thought about Colt, you know. And and man, by the time we got to our destination, I was I was laughing at my wife. I was saying, "Man, that's so stupid," <laughs> you know. I was like, I was like, "Man, you know, let's just let the Lord have this. We can trust Him." Okay, that's meekness. Okay, so now, now we're rolling into what meekness is, okay? So when we don't fret and we don't allow the volcano to go and, 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 we, and we, remain, we frame from anger and forsake wrath, okay, now what do we do? Okay, ready? Verse 3. These are going to come in rapid succession. We trust in the Lord. You see it? Trust in the Lord. Do good. Dwell in the land. But friend, faithful. I'm not going to say much about this because all the rest that I'm going to tell you really falls under the umbrella of trusting in the Lord. All right? So verse 3, trust in the Lord. Okay, look at verse four. This is Crystal's favorite verse. All right, ready? Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Now, here's a, here's a cool, cool little aside. How many of you 
have ever had the experience of having the volcano go off inside of you, right? So you're, you're upset about some injustice. You're upset about some, something that's happened. Why me? Why, why do we get all these trials? You know, you're, you're, you're fuming on the inside. And at that, at that exact moment, you are delighting yourself in the character of God. You are enjoying God's power and His sovereignty and His kindness and His riches and His love. How many of you have ever had those two things happen at the same time? That's good because I'm going to call you a liar. I don't think it can. I don't think it can. I I don't think that's possible. Okay, so in other words, I think verse 3 is going the other direction. In other words, you got to not fret. You You got to turn away from anger in order to delight yourself in the Lord. Now, when you delight yourself in the Lord, all of a sudden, your desires begin to change, okay? That, that, that's the beautiful thing about delighting yourself in the Lord, all right? When you delight yourself in the Lord, you know, and by the way, you can do this even if, even if your circumstances are not perfect, okay? A lot of times we think we can only delight in the Lord if everything's going great. No, 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 not at all. I mean, the context of Psalm 37 is hardship, trial, injustice, attack, okay? And, and that's when you delight yourself in the Lord. All right, and by the way, and he will give you the desires of your heart. That does not mean, hey, I delight myself in the Lord, and then whatever I want, you know, case of money, God. No, 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 that's, that's not what it means. Okay, delighting yourself in the Lord is intentionally enjoying his character, his promises, his glorious deeds. And when you do that, you know what happens? He changes your desires. So th- th- this, this is really cool when you think about the context, because what's your desire when you've been dealt an injustice. And you want revenge, right? You want... When you delight yourself in the Lord, God begins to change that. Isn't it interesting? Psalm 27, we talked about fear and anxiety. And what was the answer to that? Remember verse 4? That I may gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and inquire in His temple. See, there's, there's great power in delighting yourself in the Lord. When you delight in the wrong things, that always brings misery. That, that's what's wrong with us that's what's wrong with me. Let me tell you. Let me tell you what's wrong with me. You've been wondering, haven't you? My wanter's broken. You know what's wrong with you? Your wanter's broken. Like, like what you ought to want, you don't want. This is in Romans 1, by the way. That's called sin. The, the hardest sin is that we don't want what we ought to want. And that gets us in all kinds of trouble. Okay? And so, so this... this this delighting yourself in the Lord is a correction to that. Like it, it's putting you back on the right track. You, 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 you're, you're delighting yourself in the Lord. And, and as you do that, God changes your desires so that he gives you the desires of your heart. If you've ever wondered how a verse like John 15, 7 works, where Jesus said this, he said, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it'll be done for you. Like, that, that almost seems like genie in a bottle stuff. Like, how does that work? How can I ask for whatever I want and it's done? Well, read the rest of the verse. If you abide in me and my words abide in you. Okay, that's, that's Psalm 37, 4. Delight yourself in the Lord. So, so pour your energy into delighting in God's character, God's faithfulness, God's goodness, God's, God's power, God's sovereignty, God's plan. And he transforms your life. You see, when you delight in the wrong things, you got sin working against you. So if you're a believer here today and, and you're delighting in the wrong things, guess what? You're not going to have the desires of your heart. You're going to get misery. Last week, Psalm 32. Sin, sin leads to no other place than misery. 
And not only that, but God's not, God's not going to work for you huh? in the sense of God's not going to help you. God doesn't help you get things that are not good for you. We've been a bunch of wrestling and basketball games um, this, this last couple weeks. And, man, Colt, he's such a cool kid, but he, he has a superpower. And I don't know how to use this for good, but I think there's a way. But his superpower is he can find a used piece of gum in any room. Like, like he could walk in here, and he's got a little radar. You know, he go over there under the chair. There it is, you know. I mean, I cannot tell you how many. I, I'm like, where did you get that? You know, I'm digging it out. You know. The other day, he was, we were at a game, and he's on the bleachers, and he's, like, looking, like, in between, you know, down at the bottom. And I can tell he's, like, reaching and stuff. And... Like, I'm like, what is he doing? And he looks up at me. He's like, ah, ah. You know, he wants something down there. And so I get up and I look down there. Well, there's a piece of gum way down there in the corner, you know, that somebody threw down there. And so I love him. So I got down. I went and got it and gave it to him. No, I didn't do that. Why would I do that? Listen, why would God do that for you? Why would he do that? If you want the wrong things, he's not going to do that for you. He's not going to help you with that. And, and, and so, so delighting in the wrong things means you're not going to have the desire of your heart. That, that's, that's, that's the beauty of that verse. Delight yourself in the Lord and he'll give you the desires of your heart. Now, next verse. Okay, so, so how, how are we going to do this? We're going to trust him. And how, what does that look like? It looks like delighting ourselves in him and letting him change our desires. Verse 5. Verse 5. This is, this is beautiful. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in him and he will act. Okay, now, a long time ago, I heard this uh, guy say one time, he said, meekness is letting, letting trials, adversity, attack roll off of you and onto God. And I've always remembered that. I've used it over and over again. I think it's a great definition. I never realized he got that out of this text. So I'm, I'm in my office, and I'm, I'm, looking, I'm looking up these words in, in, the, in my, my Hebrew lexicon. Guess what the word commit means? You, you can never get, I'd never get this in a million years. The word commit in the Hebrew means literally this, to roll away from oneself. That's the literal meaning of the word. That's, where, that's the root of it, to roll away from oneself. Okay, how does it mean that? Well, it means that in the sense of, Bonnie, it's not mine, this is yours. That, that's what it means, right? Like, like you say, hey, this whole leading the music, I'm giving that to you, you know. Um, taking care of this, I'm giving that to you. That, that's what it means, to commit something to somebody in the sense of you roll it to them. Okay, so literally the guy was, was being literal when, when, he, when he said that definition of meekness. Meekness is letting things roll off of you and onto God. So what does it mean to commit your way to the Lord? God, this is yours. God, I've been attacked. All right, I'm handing that to you, Lord. God, I've, I've suffered this injustice. I'm handing that to you. God, I've had nothing but trial after trial after trial. God, I'm handing that to you. I'm rolling that. It's just constantly rolling things off onto the Lord. Okay? Isn't that beautiful? What do we trust in Him to do? Well, verse 5 tells us. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in Him. He will act. You know why people get mad at the Lord, at God? Because they, they don't think He's acting. By the way, I think there are very few people that don't believe in God. Yeah, I think there's a bunch of people that will say they don't believe in God, but what they mean by that is I'm mad at Him. You know why? You know why I believe that? Flesh out. When someone tells you they don't believe in God, ask them some questions. You know what they will almost always say? I just don't see how God would have let my wife die. I just don't see how if there's a God in heaven that He would allow all these terrorists. I just don't see how God would have taking my baby right 
almost always they say stuff like that. What, what, what does that mean? They believe in him. They're, just, they're mad at him. And, they, and they, they feel like God has not acted appropriately. Okay, now, now what is verse 5 saying? Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in him. He will act. Okay, th- this, is, this is faith that God will make things right. The game's not over. The thing's not done. God's, God's going to make things right. We can trust him to put things right in the world. Okay, specifically, verse 6. He will bring forth your righteousness as the light, your justice as the noonday. Isn't that beautiful picture of justice? Your justice is going to shine like the sun. God's going to set that right. Okay, so what does this practically mean? I'm, I'm going to wrap up here. What, 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 is this, what does this practically mean? So how, how do we be meek today? Okay, one of, the, one of the most specific applications is verse 7. Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for Him. I was at the Christian bookstore the other day. We were getting our tires rotated. And uh, so while they were doing that, I walked down with Haven and Colt. And uh, we were at the Christian bookstore looking around. And um, I, I bought some things while I was in there. Those little poppers, you know what I'm talking about? They're little rubber, uh, kind of concaved rubber pieces. And you, you bend them backwards, like against themselves. And then you like put them on a table. And they when they when they snap back they pop up real high nobody knows what i'm talking about huh okay all right anyway i bought some of those and so i take i take, I take cold home and and i'm showing him how they work and so I, I bend it you know into itself and, and i put it in front of us and it sits there well nothing happens right away you know what he does he grabs it you know and while he grabs it it snaps you know and so nothing happens you know and I'm like, no, 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 and I put it back again, and, and I set it down, and he grabs it again, you know. And, and, and it won't pop because he keeps grabbing it until finally I hold his hands down. I'm like, what? watch. Yeah, I, I put it down, I hold his hands down, and then pop, you know, there it goes. He's like, oh, wow. Okay, get your hands out of it. You see, that's what keeps happening, doesn't it? Like you have this injustice, you know, someone slights you, someone... Whatever, in marriage, you think things are not fair, you're bearing too much. And, and instead of just, this is what being meek means, instead of just trusting, delighting in who he is, committing your way to him, being still, what do you do? You put your hand right in the middle of it. And when you put your hand in the middle of it, you know what you do? You mess it up and you keep him from acting. Right? If you're going to get your hand in there and try to bring it yourself, God's not going to do it. Be still before the Lord. Wait patiently for Him. I'm telling you, I, I've known people that literally their life would be drastically different had they learned this 20 years ago. But but every, every slight, every whatever, they're always getting their hand in there and they're always messing it up. Would, would you just today, here's what I want to commend you. Would you just trust Him? Would you just trust Him? Part of that, delight in Him. You know, you're not going to trust somebody you don't delight in. Delight in Him. Go Review in your mind His great characteristics. Commit your way to Him. And every time one of those things lands on you, roll it onto Him. And trust Him to act. You know why the meek get it all? Jesus said, blessed are the meek. They inherit the earth. You know why they get it all? It's, it's, be, it's because of their relationship with God. Their posture toward God. You see... 
It's not the details of who wins or loses tomorrow, who gains or misses out this week, or who increases or decreases this year, who gets the credit, who's forgotten. What really matters is your posture toward God. That's why the meek inherit the earth. Let's pray. Thank you, God, for um, teaching us this morning. Thank you, Jesus, for Psalm 37. I thank you, Father, for... um, for your promise that you're going to take care of things, that you're going to bring justice, that you're going to settle the accounts, that you're going to, God, you're going to fix things. You're going to fix the whole world. God, we rejoice in that. God, we love that. God, we can't wait. Lord, help us to be meek. In Jesus' name.